Welcome back to our enlightening journey with marching at Alexandra Petrikovsky, Poland's embodiment of progress and unity. Alexandra's humanitarian heart celebrated by Forbes women, alongside Marcin's visionary leadership in business and technology, formed the cornerstone of Poland's march towards a future rich in human values, joy and hope. Last month I traveled to Poland to meet with Alexandra and Marcin for this two-part special podcast. In part one, we examined the intersection of joy with human rights and pursuit of economic freedom. We explored the role of joy at time of war and probed whether joy can be a catalyst for social empowerment and change. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to go back to the previous episode and indulge in its profound narrative. And today's conversation focuses on the significance of every woman's vote, as Alexandra brings to light its nation-shaping strength and the profound duty of citizenship. Marcin, drawing wisdom from his mentor, reflects on the universal teachings of stewardship and compassion, reminding us of the profound obligation leaders carry in the modern world, especially as we go into the Web3 era of decentralization. And I love their confession on the intricate joys and hurdles of parenthood, where the two daughters are the purest mentors of joy. And by the way, did you know that the European Union's anthem is none other than the Ode to Joy? And Marcin certainly enlightened me about its origins. A melody from Beethoven's Ninth Symphony set to Friedrich Schiller's poetic vision from 1785 and its echoing call to each of us to vote, engage, and act for our collective well-being. And there's a lot more, so prepare for a lot of practical wisdom over the next 20 minutes or so that you simply cannot afford to miss. I wanted to build on, on move to the point on, uh, well, move to your campaign for mm-hmm. the women's vote. I remember filming it with yeah. you. I was one of the... <laughs> you took very important role in the campaign. I was the... I was... I, what was my role? I was the You director. were producer. Creative director. Creative. I was a creative okay. director. You had many roles. I will not take credit for uh, your work, your passion. I was just there to hold space mm-hmm. and to, you know, to share my experience. But it was a phenomenal turnout. Phenomenal. We started with the uh, with fifty percent of the level of the woman as a as a mm-hmm. turnout for for women, fifty percent, fifty three to be precise, mm-hmm. and we complete the election. Was baseline. So your starting yeah. point was yeah, fifty three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We complete the election uh, with the turnout uh, seventy, almost seventy four. Wow. So actually more women went to vote than men ultimately. Amazing. That was yeah. the result. Yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely that was the election for women about women and like women win this election. Yes. So like everything is about women. But also women. <laughs> just the fact that if you desire change, you need to get out to vote no matter your age, your mm. uh your gender. Yeah. Um you just need to get out and vote. Yeah, and it's a heard. huge privilege. Mm. Is this Again, talk going back to freedom. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. as well coming back to the human rights, yes. you know, right mm-hmm. to vote. It's like the very fundamental, you know, we have like so many countries where, where women cannot vote, yes. And so definitely like we should use this privilege, yes. And like what is very important that like 
what was the most like popular uh, opinion from the women on the base of which they were like refusing to vote yes that they were just saying okay my my vote doesn't really matter it just one it's like just one vote like what what will change one vote yes mm -hmm. so that was like one uh, argument and like very very often even even in my environment i remember that like one week before election I called to like a very good friend of mine, like I would say the best uh, real estate uh, lawyer in Poland. And she was like, I don't go. I will not vote. I have nobody for, for whom I would be able to vote. I, I don't care about politics. And I was like, what? Like politics is for your life. For full disclosure, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm Polish by birth. I'm proud to be Polish. And I voted inspired by you in London. I called you, you up, be, not even course. knowing who do I vote for, right? But mm. the fact that I need to cast my vote. Yeah, but, but still, you, okay, but I, I believe that even if, if you would say, not hey, met me before, I, you vote? would vote, yeah. yes? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah I believe so. I, but this, I mean, you did, filming the campaign with you, I, was, mm. I felt even more inspired mm. and I felt the responsibility yeah. and of accountability for the future. Yeah. Resting in my vote. Mm. And today, a single vote counts. Every single vote counts. Of course, counts. every single vote counts. And what is important that like we cannot escape from the concept of politics because politics is obviously everything. It's our taxes, it's our you know medical security, it's our like uh, clean air, it's mm -hmm. everything. So we cannot escape escape from that concept yes and what is very important just like you know to close the because i feel that my husband would like to add something <laughs> uh, so just to close that topic so what uh, what was amazing with our campaign was that uh, um, we founded that campaign with the zero budget zero zero and like definitely we founded the biggest social pro turnout a political campaign in this country. We reached to every every third Polish woman. Wow. We had in media 200 million uh, impression in media. Can you imagine? 200 million. I wanted to explore joy in the domain of business, mm -hmm. Polish business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have been coming to speak in Poland and with it explore mm -hmm where the country is in its own evolution. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm an ardent advocate of design mm -hmm. as, a, mm -hmm. as a method, mm -hmm. um, human-centered design as mm -hmm. a method of, of evolving business. Um, it's, the story has changed over the years. Because I think the first time I was there, I was here in 2017, you know, people looked at me like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what's, what, what's your take on joy as a as a mindset change <clears throat> so i think to circle back a bit of what we already discussed i'm a great believer in something that i learned very early in my career it's actually interesting because this was a statement that i learned from someone knowledgeable that i used to work for with never realizing only recently realizing that it's one of the most ancient historically stated phrases ever because me not being really religious 
actually found out that it was that it comes directly from the Bible and it was actually said by Jesus to his to his team at the time. Mm-hmm. So I used to work at I started my career at Citibank and I had I had the privilege to work for in my humble view one of the most impactful leaders I've ever met. A gentleman who sadly passed away a few years back. His name was Sunil Srinivasan and at the time he was the country officer for Poland. Prior to that, he was in Malaysia, Singapore, an extremely elegant, refined, intelligent uh, human being and leader. And the thing he taught us very early when we joined the team, you know, being part of like some kind of a leadership program, he was always saying, to whom much is given, much is expected. Yeah, to whom much is given, to whom much, much is, is expected. Given, much yeah? is expected. If yeah. you actually look it up, it's like, it's. this is a statement that actually is a... I would say a paraphrase of, as I said, the Bible, where like in the holy book, it said that exactly that way, yeah? But if you put it on the business front and if you put it more into... Col- and in Buddhism as well, because it's like yeah. collecting karma. Actually. As I said, yeah. it's like an yeah. ancient way of looking at the world. But if you put it back into, you know, more of a business setting and what like Ola was talking about, that's effectively it. Yeah? If you're blessed with some skills, mm-hmm. the more skills you have, the more talents you display, the more you have been fortunate in life, the more your responsibility, obligation to give back. Yeah, and I think for business, that is exactly it. Yeah, and I think this ties in very nicely with ESG. It ties in nicely with sustainability and ties in very nicely with impact investing. And it ties in very nicely with, you know, regenerative business concepts, yeah? Like the whole business scene has been extremely spoiled by the fact of not taking consequences for their actions back in the days. We had an economy which was built on the notion of exploiting resources, exploiting talent. And I think we're seeing now this whole notion of, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, that we see businesses realizing that because they've been fortunate and they take advantage of a good economy, of a more or less, you know, stable environment, they need to give back, yeah, they need to give back. And I think, you know, we're seeing that transition, we're seeing that transition. And I've, and today it's less of an organizational level, it's more on the leadership level. We are seeing leaders that are actually starting to walk the talk, yeah? The whole, it's all called, you know, responsible leadership. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big advocate of that. I'm a big, you know, I'm a big believer in that. I, I, that's why I love mentorship, that's why I love, you know, giving back on a mi- micro level. Because in a way, you know, the fact that, I was, I am where I am is a function of also people through my career as Sunil giving something back, giving something to me. So I think, you know, we have a huge obligation. We have a huge obligation to give back and give back more than we were given. And and that that builds, that that further builds and, and, you know, creates an environment which which is self-propelling. It actually propels, stimulates growth, but also for many leaders at a certain point in life, you're not able to extract satisfaction from just doing business. Like, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. Like, you need to move to a higher state of rewarding yourself and gaining satisfaction. Yep. And that's where, you know, this whole notion of giving back even further enhances the well-being of a leader. And the joy of the leader. Yes. So we're going back to joy. This you've, is- taken, you've really taken the definition out of my book. Um, 
which I haven't read, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's coming out next year. <laughs> <laughs> Would you touch on so close to my heart? And it's taken me years to um, explore. And what I mean by explore, not just live it, mm. but also scientifically prove it, you know, bringing the perspective yeah. of how it works in business. More of the society could embrace becoming whole, but by becoming whole, understanding the responsibility of then making others whole. Yeah. As you say, as a function of you becoming whole and being, you know, being, uh, you know, being no, gifted, it's... being gifted all these opportunities. And also generating joy. I think, you know, that's, that's where you gain a lot of satisfaction from. Yeah? That's how you're able to joy. That's effectively it. That's the way you are. Feel joy and give joy. Yeah. Of course, yes, it works. And how do you replenish yourselves? Because you're so busy. You're so passionate about giving back, Inspi not just giving back, but just inspiring by pure nature. Impact. I would say impacting, impact, impact, making an impact. impact yeah, making because an there impact. are different ways how you make an impact. You make a business. You make a. You can make an impact in business. You can make an impact in mentorship. You can make an impact in, I don't know, networking. Yeah. And you've done, you've integrated this beautifully into your into, mm -hmm. into your life's journeys. Sometimes it's self-care, right? Yeah. What is that sort of, how, how do you practice self-care? This is so... Is that the most difficult? This question? is definitely <laughs> the most difficult one. You know, when you are uh, mixing and combining like all the faces of like, you know, being, in my case, like being a lawyer, BA, because I'm the PhD candidate as well. I'm a mother, which is like the most important role mm. in my life. And then like it's the mentorship as well, which I do. And the refugees and like self-care is... Your... Yeah. And do, do you, how do you feel about finding time for yourself? How do I feel? Yes, how do you feel? How do I feel? I definitely think not that this is very important however like practically it's so difficult it's so difficult but but I do self-care at least I'm trying to self proceed with self-care for me it's kids kids seriously like I think that's okay kids of course it's like the fundamental like no but, but I you mean know. fundamental I mean like because your question is more like how do you rejuvenate yourself from mm -hmm. like all how of do the you recharge you know how do you okay I do yoga I do med commotion. meditation mm -hmm. no for me it's spending time with the kids mm -hmm. by far I think that's it helps what you reset yeah that resets me mm -hmm. and that gives me a feeling that you know there's actually something bigger rather than just the daily rat race if you know what I mean yeah how do you teach them joy? They teach us joy, Martin. That's it. They yeah. teach us joy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's oh, yeah. that's the essence here. Yeah. I'm not able to teach them joy because they're far greater at it than I am. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of kids. They are not yet limited by the social yeah. constraints. Hence, it goes the back to my point. Boundless, you know, yeah. Hence, it goes yeah. back to my Beautiful. point. Yeah, that's the reset button because they teach you how to be a better version of yourself. So let's take this now into a less familiar territory. Um, in closing, I always like to ask all my guests, if you were to meet yourself mm -hmm. here and now, mm -hmm. you walk out of this studio and you see yourself, Ola, at the age of 21, yeah. and you march at the age of 21, mm -hmm. what would you, yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you, uh, what not necessarily even tell, what message would you want to 
share with them. Okay, so because you don't know what kind of person you will be in five years, in 20 years. So it's important to be open and it's important to, to learn, to learn, consciously learn and observe everything. So that's my... Beautiful. Mm. Marcia, what about Similar. You? Take more risk. Take more risk. Calculate that risk, but take, be, more, be more bold. Yeah? Be more bold in life. Take more risk. So I'm not sure whether you ever had a chance to go through the anthem of the European Union. The anthem of the European Union, believe it or not, mm -hmm. it, is, uh, it is effectively the music is based on the Ninth Symphony composed by Ludwig van Beethoven. So the anthem of the European Union is based on the poem mm -hmm. done by Frederick von Schiller, and the title is Ode to Joy, okay? So we live on a continent, we live on a continent that for which the anthem, the overarching theme is Ode to Joy, okay? So we are in an ecosystem that has been framed around celebrating joy, point one. Then, if we would take the effort to go through the words of that anthem, which I did in preparation for this great get-together, okay? So allow me to quote, which I think is a great closing to what we've just discussed. Joy, bright spark of divinity, daughter of Elysium, fire-inspired we tread the sanctuary. And then he goes further. All creatures drink of joy at nature's breast, just and unjust, alike taste of her gift. Like, think about that. This is what our continent is all about. Okay, I think that's an amazing way how to frame leading with joy in the context of where we are from, what are the objectives of the framework that we operate within, and the responsibility that we have. To whom much is given, much more is expected. Therefore, we need to, day in, day out, deliver on that ode to joy. Okay, and it's in particular strong when we see what's happening within the European Union in some countries that there's more and more resistance towards the European Union. You, you don't resist joy. You don't resist the joy. You don't resist something which all creatures drink of. Okay, so I think that's the manifesto. I just want our listeners to be left with to put this into a context of a very powerful overarching theme that our founding fathers wanted us to operate within. Yeah? And as citizens, that's why we need to vote. That's why we need to vote intelligently. And that's why we have a huge responsibility to make sure that for our kids, this is, this will be the prevailing future. And this beautifully ties with the theme of this new season around hope. Exactly. That, as we beautifully shared, there is hope. And hope can be led by joy. And joy is the ultimate destination, mm -hmm. but also a place of responsibility. Yeah. And acting. 
an Act. action. Action. Act yeah, yeah, responsibility. Hope on a standalone basis will not manifest itself. Beautiful. Yeah, it requires action. And in particular, in today's world, more action is what will bring us closer to delivering on the objective that we're discussing. Thank you. Thank you for being inspiration through your everyday life. I know, Martin, you mentioned, you alluded to joy as being that big joy with a capital J, but I'm hearing a lot of everyday little J's, little moments of joy in your life, mm. um, which has been most inspiring. Um, so thank you for being inspiration to me and you know the many listeners and viewers of Leading with Joy and for really demonstrating how you can inspire for better, how you can be an agent, one of many in the collective Indeed. to change the world by leading with joy. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. <laughs>